Welcome to Miracle Nutrition with Hardy Wyatt. I'm Hardy Wyatt, and I'm so thankful for you. Thank you. I'm here to give you something. Uh, you don't have to take it. Taking it does not oblige you to anything or whatever. You can throw it away when I'm gone. In the 1970s, internationally known comedian Kelly Monteith would say, Thank you, no, thank you, thank you, no, thank you. And I don't remember the context, but it got a big laugh. And everybody would go around saying that sometime. But I wondered, what does it mean to be thankful? Thank you. What does that mean? Thanksgiving. Thank you. I'm thankful. Well, I think it means I need you or I need the thing. So I am thankful for water. I need water. I am thankful for clear, fresh air. I need clear, fresh air. I'm thankful for my friends. I need my friends. I'm thankful for family that I still have. I need the family that I still have. I'm thankful that a lot of my body parts still work. I need my body parts to work. So a lot of it is acknowledging need. Now, I have taken my thanks to such an extreme that sometimes I can't initiate original action. What do you mean, Hardy? Well, I, you know, why would you make a big festive meal if nobody were coming? But someone says, I'm coming over. You go, oh, I know I'm going to make something now. I wasn't going to make a huge 10-course meal when it was just me and the, and the dogs or something. I mean, I might, but at least my imaginary friends would be coming over. And uh, so I'm like that with everything in my life, but mostly my creative life. I don't really do or make anything unless someone asks me to. Now, what I was finding is no one was asking me to, so I had to expand my definition of what asking was. And I expanded that to casually mentioning. So if somebody casually mentions something, I take that to mean, Hardy, you should do that or make that thing. So if someone says, you know, paintings of Japan are nice or something, then I will stay up for months and paint 10 of them. Because I felt, well, I've been called to do it. I really just need a nudge, maybe. I am 15 dominoes in, in a Rube Goldberg machine, in an OK Go video. I need something to initiate me like a pendulum swinging bowling ball that's about to hit a teapot that then falls onto a sleeping businessman who wakes up screaming and his scream triggers some sort of sensitive microphone. I don't know. I'm not... One of these folks that could do that, I'm not an engineer. I am, and I'm not an imagineer. That's someone who can imagine something that can be engineered. I am an imaginer. I don't know. It'll come to me. I'm still thinking about it. I don't have to define myself with real words, too. That's wonderful. And one of those real words, I don't have to label myself as any sort of artist or musician or poet or anything like that. I'm not any of those things, apparently. 
by most definitions, but I do things that resemble them. So, you, you know, you wouldn't say your, your dog is an artist if it was smearing something around on the floor for its pleasure. That's, but that's me. And so I, I do these things. I make things, and I like to make music. I've been doing it, you know, f for a long time. You just start doing a thing, and people go, oh, you, is that what you do? And you go, I guess. And then, you, you know, so it goes from there. Now, do you always get on The Tonight Show? No, you don't always get on The Tonight Show. There's, there used to be more than one way to do it because you could used to get on The Tonight Show by being quaint, but they don't. That's not enough to be a celebrity anymore. You have to be outrageous or something, but they used to have little delicate little old people that wore bib aprons or something. They'd have them all and say, look at you, Granny, and she'd say, yes, I'm sassy. And then that was enough, but now you got to be able to do something. Now Granny's got to have a, a, a YouTube a video of her throwing knives at her nephew. So I make a little bit of music sometimes. It's not anything professional. I do it on my home computing system, which is just a single computer. And uh, I don't know. I, do, I try to do it all uh, myself. You know, I play a couple instruments poorly. There's no such thing as playing poorly. I, pl I play them to the best of my ability, I try to get the note. I know what a note is. I try to get that out. I try not to redefine music too much. I like what I've been hearing for centuries. So I'm trying. I'm pretty much in the tradition of that, of human music. I know I have a lot of friends, though, who say I'm more inspired by bowel sounds. And that's what I'm trying to electronically recreate. And I go, that's fantastic. I will come to your show. Where is it? Is it a thing? And it usually is at a thing, and it's wonderful. I like any kind of music that can be set up on those church buffet tables, the folding kind that you got to take down at the end of the evening. That's a worse, the church eating at the any kind of uh, house of worship is just the worst kind of self-service restaurant because they're really, they're, you have some kind of, it's just assumed that everybody's going to be cooperative and helpful, and you go, oh, wow, Really? I'm going to be stacking chairs. <laughs> I, sound like, I sound ungrateful. But I need those things. See that? I'm, grad, I'm grateful. Now, when do I do music? I'm, like I said, if someone mentions something, then I make it. And then I don't know what to do with it. I, I do not spend too much time on things. That's the thing. You don't want to, you know, you, you mentioned that something about you wanting a chair that you could stand up in and not spend a year. And I, you know, why'd you do that? I was just kidding. So I don't want to do that. So I try to, uh, you know, make it brief. So I so can spend a few hours on this thing. So a lot of times, friends will know this, and they'll maybe dare me to do a thing, or they'll make a pun, and they'll say, hey, could you make some kind of clever combo music or something? And I don't know if you know, I think I mentioned this before, and I might have even played it before, Oh, by the way, I'm going to play some music I've made. That's what this is all an introduction to, because I thought, I'm, what am I thankful for? Well, you, and what can I give you? Well, these things that I've accidentally made, I don't know if they'll provide enjoyment for you. I hope they will. See, that's why I'm trying to get a little smile out of you or something like that. Sometimes the smile's just gas, and I can get that out of you, too. I know I can. Some, even if, if I make you angry, you'll tense 
up and you'll tense your ab abdominal muscles and that'll clear the air bubbles. So that's what I'm trying to do at, at the very least. Oh my goodness. And I'm here to make you feel warm. I'll tell you what. Somebody said, oh, I think Hardy, even though he's imaginary, loves me unconditionally. Absolutely. If you have to create uh, a source of that love, do it. Do it. If you're drinking from the uh, spring, you need to drink the, uh, the water of the spirit and get that where you can. So you can, since it's of the spirit, you can just imagine it a lot of times. Friend said to me, hey, you like uh, dance hall music. And I said, yes, I did. I listened to it a little bit in the, in the 80s. And uh, I remember I was a big tenor saw fan, as we all were back then. And uh, he said, oh, well, we were talking about slang tang, which is this uh, type of dance hall rhythm that is based on a, a key on the, this old Casio keyboard that I used to have one. And I had a little white one, it's very small. The keys are a little tiny, but it had these built-in patterns. And one of them was ba 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 like that. Ring the alarm. So people used it because it's cool, and it is cool. So we were talking about that, and a friend said you ought to do like a country version, and you ought to do something called Square Dance Hall. And I said, oh, you just made a pun, and now I'm going to spend time on it. And he said, yes. It's, just, it's like tricking a dog or something. So I made this. Now, ultimately, I'm getting to, uh, you're going to say, oh, you know, these things, they go too far, Hardy, and you just keep, you keep making them and stuff like that. I know, but I really literally... What else, you know, I've got all this time until I, until I perish. And so I'm thinking, what am I going to do with it? And since my answer really about life is like, I don't know, then I'm just going to do things, I guess, arbitrarily and just stay busy. I like the feeling of being busy. You know, when you get a new baby and uh, uh, a lot of times they'll get bored because they're new and everything, give them, give them something to do, but they, they can't really talk or anything yet so you put them in these sort of busy stations and you hey, be busy and they act like they're working and they turn little knobs and they flip things and they're saying look at the baby's at its office it looks like the the, the baby is a, a star trek navigator it's flipping dials and everything but for, with no rhyme or reason it's just learning to to hand-eye coordination and that's what i feel like i'm doing is sort of learning not hand-eye coordination, but just uh, how to um, steer my brain, you know? So how to take control of it, take control of it, and do what with it? Hopefully steer it away from crowds. That's what I want to do. I don't want to do any damage with my brain. So what I do is I just, I keep it occupied. Distract it. I'll sneak by. That's you. You're sneaking by while I distract my brain. So here's my first, this was the very first thing I did, and this was my slang tang rhythm uh, um, attempt. Robin the beat, Albuquerque slang tang, feeling the heat. 
bangers going bang bang twirling a rope, looking for gold, bobbing for hope. Whoa, I'm a cowboy yesterday. I drove a truck into a sinkhole. I said yesterday, I had drugs up in my blood and wrinkles, feeling the pain, staying the same, pumping flu in the brain, selling propane. Oh. In my jacket, what's this? Something in a packet. Whoa, oh, rockin' the beat, cowboy under slang tang, feeling the heat. A banger's going bang bang, twirling a rope, we're looking for dope, bobbing for hope. Whoa, 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 pain, cowboy under slang tang, pain. Don't be embarrassed for me. I can do that. Well, I made that, and then I went on to do... So in, in uh, dance hall, there's lots of uh, uh, rhythms, and they're based on a song. It might come out, and you say, man, I like that. I'm taking it. And then you, you, know, you put it at the set on your DJ set, and you're going, I'm going to say stuff over it. Blah, 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 like that. And then uh, those uh, rhythm catch on and uh, other people use them and everything. So I went through and I said, oh, I love them. I know some of them on the bass, like the Stalag rhythm and everything and the older ones. And then I started going into the 90s and 2000s. And so I did volley rhythm and uh, taxi rhythm and punani and everything like that. And then I decided, well, now see things, you're saying now things have gone too far, Hardy. So I know, I know it's just, it becomes... Uh, an obsession at that point, some sort of compulsion. I don't know if there's any name for that, but I would. I just keep doing them, right? I said, "This is fun. I'm having so much fun. These are these are great beats, and uh, and you know, I know maybe it sounds silly and everything, and you might, you know, oh, but you know, gosh, you know, cringing is good is good for you, uh, your muscularity." It's a type of isometric exercise because when you find when you cringe, you tense up, but you're also developing those muscles. And so I think I feel like I'm helping you sometimes. So I got to the point where I was I'm going to come up with my own rhythm. And I'm going to base it on uh, the novel Bulgakov's Master and Margarita. I say, I'll do the, the Wallen rhythm. And... Uh, so I, then I did that. So by this point, it's gone too far. I think this might have been, it wasn't the last one I did, but I, it might have been the nail in the coffin of my tiny ovra. Buy it, buy it. I don't know where I'm going to put it, put it. I already bought a wooden one. Thought if I mind it might be fun for the nun who runs a kibbutz with the research hidden books and kind of like some baby snooks. And baby snooks is mad because she's dead and likes a modern hook. And things are turning sad. Be brave as well. Come tomorrow way down in Santa Mora. Yeah, it's a hell. I thought you're saying there's a hell. And that is funny to me because it's true as well. I want my money. I should have said that first. I shouldn't try to be funny at worst. You're not laughing and that hurts. I mean, it hurts you worse. You have the DJ curse. You best go check your purse. It's filled with white paper hoss. 
I am the overboss. I am Ubu, king of Poland. I'm master margarita and woolen. I make glands swollen. I get plans stolen. I wreck havoc on a global scale, then disappear like U.S. mail. time ago I used to have a friend that said uh, you're ruining that song you just wrote by making it a novelty song and because I am slightly contrarian and resentful from that point on I decided to mess up anything I made not really I just decided to not take anything seriously but at the same time take things very seriously what does that mean hmm it might mean to do nothing I don't know if you take acid and then you pour a base in it neutralizes and what do you get really that's me perhaps perhaps i'm just i'm i'm water because i took bruce lee said be 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 like water and i heard that and you know me i'm so susceptible to suggestion I said, okay i didn't go as far as the x-man senator character but i did you know i'm very much liquidy but it's great I feel like a cephalopod. I can slide under doors and everything. I'm flexible. And so I flexed into a new uh, posture, and that was uh, making TV show theme songs. Now, how did that come about? I don't remember. I think maybe the same friend or a different friend said something about TV show themes. I couldn't remember some of them. And I was of the opinion that most of them should be like Gilligan's Island, they should narrate um, or tell you what you're seeing, or more importantly, they should say the name of the show over and over again. So I had a few rules. One was if the original theme doesn't even talk about what you're seeing, correct that. So I remember the first one I did was Golden Girls, and I, you know, and everybody knows the theme to Golden Girls. Thank you for being a friend. And guess what it doesn't do? It might move you. It might warm your heart, but it doesn't say the name of the show. So now how would you, it gets on the radio and the, and the, the people of the show are going, you're not even saying the show name. So that's the way I think. So I'm going to say it. So I made one that went golden girls, golden girls, like that. And then uh, I would try to post them to the internet, which would take them down sometimes. They go, that is your, that's a piece of the golden girls. You don't own that. Okay, whatever. You know, I filmed it with my phone off the computer, so I don't even know. But it's, it's our art. All right, bless your heart. You're not, I'm not making any money off of her or anything. It's just so strange. So, you know, if you, you weren't using it. I always think that. Um, it was just sitting there. And I'm ruining it anyway, so I don't know why you wouldn't want it. A lot of people jump at the opportunity to have their, their stuff ruined. Now, The Odd Couple is one of those shows that doesn't have the name in the theme. 
It's just an instrumental, and it was a big hit. Now, they do have a narration at the beginning that says, you know, on this date, uh, Felix, Felix Oscar Ungermeyer was thrown out by his wife. We don't know why. Ugh, that backstory. I don't want to know anything. So then he moves in with another fella whose wife literally threw him out. It's got to be bad. So now these two uh, miscreants, who knows what they've done, are living together in a, liter a palatial apartment, if I remember correctly. It had like eight rooms or something. I don't know who lives there. I don't know who the wealthy one was. One of them is a sports writer. Hmm. Maybe that used to be more lucrative than it is now. Oh, it's big on the net now, though. Sports is very big to having opinions about it now. So maybe that's it. And then Felix Unger was a photographer. Maybe for the same paper. I don't even know if they worked at the same paper. They might, Maybe they worked at the same newspaper. Or maybe it wasn't news photography. See, I'm just jumping to conclusion. It could have been high fashion or adult. Who knows what he was taking pictures of? Or just jars of mayonnaise. With that, and that could have been any of the above three, too. Same thing. You got to be, as a photographer, you got to be able to aim your camera at a thing and say, I don't care what that is. I'm going to just get it and focus. So the, the, this is, uh, I did then uh, The Odd Couple. They're the odd, odd couple. They go outside a lot. And when one of them drops a cigarette, the other one picks it up. They live in New York City. They walk wherever they go. And their wives have thrown them out of the house. And now they're on their own. The one is very neat and clean. The other is mired in filth. The one is helping ladies. And the other one steps in cement. The one used to have a hobby. He liked photography. And the other one rides in cabs a lot and spills things on his desk. They're the odd, odd couple that dance in unison, but when it comes to temperaments, they are very different. They're the odd, odd couple, the odd, odd couple. They have different takes on trash. We're Laverne and Shirley. I'm Laverne. I am Shirley. I'm Laverne. I'm Shirley. I'm Laverne. And Shirley, we work here in Milwaukee. We have jobs and we have friends. The fun we have here never ends. Will Laverne and Shirley, we work here in Milwaukee. We sure do have fun working here, and sometimes we put gloves on beer. Will Laverne and Shirley, friends we have so many. There's Carmine and there's Laverne's dad, there's Squeaky and there's Lenny. Will Laverne and Shirley, it's cold here in Milwaukee, but you can sing and dance all day. We make our work into play. Yes, we're Laverne and Shirley. We spend all day daydreaming, then rub the backs of semen. We work and we ain't early. We like a big and burly. Quitting time is here, so we're putting gloves on beer. Yes, we're Laverne and Shirley. Cut that out. So you can see... Uh, now, if you listen to this enough, it's interesting to watch them with the original introduction because that's how I put them together. I would put them on, the, put this song, and then you'd be watching the original intro and you'd think, hey, that's not right. And then if you watch it enough and then you watch the original song, you go, what's going on? That, I, that is, I got that from 
elementary school optical illusion things in your math book or whatever it was in, your science book, rather. I had optical illusions in my math book. I would see that everything would just, I'd get cross-eyed, and so all the equations would just come together in some kind of weird mirror image and overlap, and I'd go, I don't know what the answer is. I'm not going to lie. I used to say that a lot. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not, I haven't been paying attention. So that gets you in trouble. Like, I'm not trying to not pay attention. You don't understand. It's, Try to learn. I'm, try, I'm trying. You don't understand. I fear the consequences. I really want to learn. I'm trying to pay attention. But it's just, I'm just seeing butterflies or something. I don't know. I'm so sorry. I hear wah-wah instead of your voice. So I don't know what to tell you. So I tried in school to, to pay attention, but I, I, try, I don't have an attitude about it. I really, it, it felt like I was defeated. I learned later that I don't know why that was, but at the time I also didn't know. So I've, I'm, I'm, I think I have 15 of these television show themes, and I, you know, I'd, I'm not sure what to do with them. Nothing really is what is the answer. Don't do anything with them, Hardy. In fact, just let them. They should probably go with you wherever you go eventually. <laughs> a lot of murder she wrote at the time so uh, that helped now that one I was just trying to <clears throat> say the name of the show over and over again now sometimes uh, stylistically 
I, I go out on tangents, and I don't know why I'm doing a thing. Maybe I just come up with a beat I like or something. Now, this next one, I came up with the beat and a kind of a line I liked, but I didn't have a TV show in mind. And then I thought, I'm just going to use it for Welcome Back, Cotter. And I did. So you'll be like, oh, the beginning starts very strange and that I don't understand what's going on. But uh, that's because I just shifted mid-journey. So I like that, too. Sometimes if you just change your mind while you're making something, you can make something crazy. That is the head of a lion and the body of a different kind of lion. See the lady, put a hat on a baby, maybe lately, I've been thinking about skating real shapely, <laughs> Someone tagged a train in 70s Brooklyn, why bother, welcome back Cotter, the Brooklyn crane is flying and I don't mind dying, laundry on a I'm frightened you can have it, I'm through with it. What's Brighton Beach Avenue got to do with it? Welcome back, Cotter. Welcome back, Cotter. Welcome back, Cotter. 70s Bensonhurst, male nipples on point. Rolling a tight pinner joint. Welcome back, Cotter. No one I know has a father. Welcome back, Cotter. Welcome back, Cotter. Welcome back, Cotter. Now, at this point, people are making suggestions of... Uh, what I should do, do this one, do this one, which is great, but that is like, you know, I'll do it. That's the thing. So, so Fresh Prince, Pat Byrne goes, Fresh Prince, and I did Fresh Prince. So I, I can't play that one. No, I have, I'm gonna have to bleep something else out because I said a curse word. That's another thing you can do in them. That's so great, because original on the TV, you couldn't just uh, put a curse word in there because it was, broadcast television and they had standards and practices and their standards were very low and their practices were shady but they still pretended they were but we're not going to say bad words no we'll we'll destroy the fabric of society we will pander to the lowest common denominator we will ruin all your cherished values we are going to take a big poo in your uh, collective consciousness, but we aren't going to say a couple very strong words that we only say when we hit our thumb with a hammer. So I don't, uh, but that, oh, thank you, because that will disturb my delicate sensibilities, which, strangely enough, have already been torn asunder uh, by your greed-driven, cruel campaign of submission. So, thank you, and uh, I appreciate, though, you doing it with very gentle language. And I've heard, I, I remember that happening to me on, on social media. I might have said something, a word, probably the S word, 
because it's just another word for poo or scat or something like that. So, and it's so prevalent. And the word comes out of you, and it comes out of me, just as often as the real thing. So, you know, I, I, I never think of it as like, oh, what are you saying? What are you evoking? But the thing is, is we're just, we're drowning in what the word describes. So I don't know that, you know, that it's a bad word is strange to me. I know people have gone on and on about, you know, words can't be bad and everything. I guess they can, you know, they can hurt. Some of them are, are obviously hurt people or get people upset or things like that. That one I just don't, I don't give a duties. I don't, and I could really, if I just, I, if I describe the thing in detail, it'd be worse than just that meaningless word, which is just onomatopoeia, Right? Uh, and uh, and it's onomatopoeia, is what it is, and uh, it's just a sound. A lot of them are just right. You just want to say something. Um, so there's that, and, and so I just kept doing these, and a lot of times I would do requests for these theme songs, and uh, I'm joined. I, I enjoy working in different styles. You know, can you do something mo kind of moody or anything? I love that. And it helps me, you know, just have variety as a, a person who makes music for no reason. And I don't just do it for myself. I've, I've talked about that with art. I do do it for others. That's the whole point. But my, I'm doing it because I'm thankful. So you've, you've said something, and I was like, maybe there's a tiny need. I can let you know that I need you by responding to what you say. So you say, Hardy make uh, uh, this, this song. And I listen to you as a way of saying, I need you, thank you, here it is. Now it's, it's meaningless. It's really, in the grand scheme of things, it's, but it's the same as bringing seltzer when you're going over to someone's house or some food or something. I mean, a pie isn't really, doesn't have much worth and it's temporary and it's gone, right? But if you bring a pie... If you bring a pie to someone's house, that says a lot, doesn't it? So it might not be a thing that's valuable. It has nothing to do with value. It has to do with creating a moment, a shared experience around the idea of needing one another. That's what it is. And I make pies. And I make pies in real life, too. And my pies are always remembered as being much better than they were. I know if I go, oh, man, I messed that one up. And people go, oh, my gosh, I love this pie. Tragedy often strikes at unexpected times and in unlikely places. An ordinary island boat tour. The type tourists take every day. The sea is like a dream, and you sail off in search of peace. But the sea, the sea is unpredictable. And when those summer storms roll in, they are fierce and merciless. And they have taken the crew and passengers of the SS Minnow, never to be seen again. Among the missing and presumed dead, Gilligan, the skipper, a millionaire, and his wife, a movie star, a professor, and a Marianne, gone.
Twin Peaks, Twin Peaks, Mystery, Twin Peaks, Twin Peaks, Twin Peaks, Mystery, who killed Laura Palmer, who killed Laura Palmer, it was something they was in her dad Oh in Twin Peaks We all do what reporters do We gather the news then we give it to Lou We give it to Lou If he likes what he sees He says go back to your desk and write it up for me Lou Grant Lou Grant So every time I do something that might be obviously humorous, like saying Lou Grant and the Lou Grant theme over and over again, I get this urge to then take the parody and make it not even a parody. So I don't know what that is. But so I then I did some just instrumentals. So I think I did. I did X-Files as just an instrumental. Doctor Who was going to be just an instrumental, but I added the... Um, I decided to say Doctor Who over and over again because I don't think they say it enough. But they did in that pop version. So that's... See, it's tricky. My rules keep changing for what, what I'm going to do. And then... Um, so I did X-Files, instrumental. And then I did Hogan's Heroes as an instrumental. And so you say, well, what's the point then? It's not funny anymore. It's, it's evolved. It has... Oh, it's starting to be something different. I'm tricking myself, maybe, into being, doing something sincerely. Because, you know, I'm afraid of, uh, terrified of failure. And um, so what you do sometimes is you do a thing and you go, I didn't mean it, be serious. And you go, it's actually quite good. You go, no, I was just messing around. Really? So that's a way of doing it. Then you go, oh, no, I'm going to do something real, you know. And... Uh, but it's all real. That's the thing. You know, the, the funny is the same as the not funny. And uh, if you don't think it's funny, does that make any sense? If I listen to a novelty song I hate, same as listening to a serious song. I mean, you know, a lot of those uh, novelty Halloween songs make me feel just the same as a really emotional anthem might. Because I'm... Uh, I'm frustrated and angry. And, uh, you know, where that comes from. If you get your delight. Hey, one person's dessert is another person's not really a dessert. Not sweet enough. So who knows? We all have different tastes. I'm just about how am I going to, you know, be thankful effectively? How am I going to thank effectively? So if I 
think about it as being letting people know I need them or letting or treating certain things like water and air and all that kind of thing, like I need it and acknowledging the need, then I think that's, that's what it's about. So what are you acknowledging? I am not, uh, what am I acknowledging? I don't know. Maybe I'm also setting an example for uh, lowering the bar. And you go, I didn't know that I could high jump. Doesn't have to be high. You can just jump over a little bar. Look at me. I'm having a lot of fun. Nobody's paying me to do advertisements or themes for TV shows or anything like that. I'm doing it anyway. Why not? I'll make my own. I'm used to, I'm from a small town. I'm used to making my own theater and things like that. Even though we had plenty of theaters, I just couldn't, you know, they didn't, weren't interested in my ideas. So you get, uh, you have it in your storage space. There you go. That's a perfectly good theater. Many, many warehouse shows of things. Say, I've got an idea. No theater will pay me. I will get uh, my friends who all have problems and drug habits and everything. We'll get, come on down. Help me out on this play. And so that's what I'm used to doing. And music, you know, we're having a show. You have a band. No. We'll work on that. The show is the thing. We need to, I, the community spirits need raising, lifting. So we, all we have to do is get some folks that are committed to doing that, and then we'll figure out how to do it. And that's what I'm trying to do. I've been invited to your special day of thanks and I want to give you something uh, like a little drummer boy like that's worthless. Take this worthless thing. It's a pie. Oh, we love pie, but you can't eat it. All right. <laughs> all right. It's made of mud. It's all I had. Well, it's worse than nothing. So that may be the exception. That's the only thing. You know, you just now you just brought a bunch of mud in the house. I'm sorry. I thought it was better than that. No, empty handed would have been. Would have been better. All right. So next time, real pie or no pie. All right. Or gold or frankincense or something. Or myrrh. I, I can't tell the difference. They're both resin incense. So either one that you bring, they both smell like they're trying to cover up the smell of the dead. That's what it smells like to me. You may go, okay, well, this is better than rotting flesh, I guess, but mm, not much. I have a, no, there's, it's a pleasant smell. It is, in context, out of context, it isn't. I remember someone was burning myrrh or something one time, and I said, is something on, is there an engine on fire or something? If, I couldn't figure out what it was, and I thought, I think something is on fire that shouldn't be, was what I smelled. But uh, it turned out it was just said, no, no, they have this at the, at the store that has all the blankets. So uh, I did some, these are the instrumentals that I did. And they're one of, so the, the first one I'm going to play is Hogan's Heroes. So I imagined it kind of sounding like a, a theme from the Battle of Algiers.
Doctor Who. Time Lord, help us, Doctor Who. Doctor Who. That's the, the tagline of X-Files. And uh, it's a wonderful show. It's like, imagine if, all, if the government also believed anything and they were actually looking into everything. That'd be interesting. And then this is what their files would look like. And it's, it's fantastic. I like the show. But I think there is uh, something... A friend pointed out we were talking about my dinner with Andre a lot, too much. And he said something that Andre neglects to say about a lot of those stories is he was he was tripping his butt off. A lot of times it's like there's a lot of drugs involved in these stories. I say, yes, that is that's a big thing to leave out. And uh, so I was just thinking that about X-Files. I think my theory is there a lot of it is not happening. It's just these these two FBI agents are experimenting with different mind, states of mind, maybe. Who knows? I don't know. Maybe they're not even FBI agents. They don't know. Nobody knows. Nobody knows what's going on. It's all a mystery. It's all layered, and it's so layered in mystery, it's not even there. I was reading today, you know, the uh, universe, say, might be a simulation because uh, it's all made of information. A simulation to whom? The people who live in solid world. Maybe there is no solid world. A simulation of itself to it by itself, created by itself. <laughs> yeah, look at that. We're nothing. I don't know. You know, I think is everything just made up of uh, numbers and information, or is that something that shoots out of our eyeballs as perspective? It looks like way to us. We always think of, uh, you know, optical illusions. But I think there's illusions of uh, reason, uh, you know, just um, instinctively. I think there should be that we, there's, there's ways of thinking we can't get to. You, you can through meditation. No, that's not even what I'm talking about. I'm talking about being just trapped in your mind. There are some, there's a, you're always going to be in it. Step, you can step outside it using, nope, that's my whole point. <laughs> Everything you think. Like, you can't think outside of thinking. And maybe thinking isn't the way to get there. 
Because you can't get there. You can if you use, no. Could you just, could, can you imagine that there's a thing that isn't doable by getting a how-to book? Or saying a special poem or prayer or something? I just believe that, okay, you can believe anything. But uh, just to entertain the idea, just for fun, that there is, uh, you know, there's an unknowableness. And knowing that could be is also wrong. So there's a wrongness that we're soaking in like beautiful gravy, like a wonderful gravy that nobody had to die for or everything had to. Oh, my goodness. What a strange world. Could you give a, could you give a blessing over the meal? Hardy, you should tape this, cut this out and do this for your, I'll, you don't have to, and nobody has to do it. It's going to be non-denominational and non sensical which is more important because you don't want to really come out and never say anything i've seen so many people that have been had just their whole afternoon ruined by a bar bat mitzvah making a, a speech and they mentioned something they don't agree with i saw that happen one time i was at i was at my niece's bat mitzvah and she said you know i, I like the environment or something and i saw one of the relatives go <laughs> so you know they that ruined their day can you imagine so there is a, you know, you can be inadvertently, I step on insects sometimes, I don't mean to, but then I feel like maybe something's stepping on me that doesn't mean to. And I, I figure, well, it doesn't know. How, how would it know? How would it see me down here? I feel that way about, you know, authority. Uh, you know, maybe you don't know who, whose soul you're destroying. Oh, we know. Okay, that makes it worse. Or does it? Oh, I have, how much freedom do we have? Let's just see. One, two, three. Oh, I can't quite get there. I always slam the cell door on myself. I don't know where my mind will go if I really let it out. I don't want to let it out beyond the fields. There could be a cliff. It's running in green pasture until it's not. So it just disappeared over the horizon. That's no horizon. That's a sheer cliff into the water. No. What was running out there? I don't remember. Oh, your imagination. Okay, then it's not going to get hurt, will it? I don't want to. Oh, my goodness. I don't want to scare, hurt you or hurt anybody. Uh, I'm just trying to be thankful. Oh, I was going to say a, a prayer over the, over the food. Here, it's going to begin now because you won't know it's... Uh, blessing, because you think I'm just talking, so I'll just say, I'm going to yell now. Now! Uh, if you've ever played with, you can cut the ah uh out. Starting over. Now, if you've ever played with children, you realize that they can make an entire imaginary meal. They can make a pie out of mud. They can make chicken nuggets out of little stones. They might take a pine cone and say, hey, this is an avocado. How do I get it open? Do I peel it first? No, you don't need to peel it first. Take the knife to it and make a cut all the way around it and then kind of jam the knife blade into the pit, the pit of the avocado. Separate the halves, pull the pit out using the knife Flick it off into the trash can. You might need to grab the knife blade with your bare hand and pull it off. And then I don't know how many fingers you would willing to sacrifice for this pretend meal. 
But also, did I mention that the knife was a harmless piece of shrubbery? There's a name for that, branch. I couldn't remember it just then because I was thinking what I was going to say next and also what I had already said, and that will stop you right in your tracks. Never think. Just go right forward. And if you lose your place, look around the table for clues and say, that red tie, Uncle Ernie, reminds me of something. Uncle Ernie, I don't know whether you bought that red tie the same time that we were uh, visiting friends in Virginia, but Virginia has mountains, and mountains are something from which you can see the horizon, or at least you think you can. If you are looking over a field, and that field, let's say, is a dining room table, it doesn't go on forever. There is a point at which it drops down into Uncle Ernie's lap, or you, Meemaw, your lap. We all have laps, don't we? Oh, Cousin Hardy's not saying anything. I'm getting to a point. I think I am. I'm up here, standing here, on top of the table, to make a very important point about cleanliness. Don't do this. Stand to the side of the dining room table when you're delivering some kind of benediction or, or, or gratitude ramble. That's not what they call it. What do they call it? Grace. You're saying grace. Gratitude ramble. But you could do that too. I don't think, if you're saying thank you, you can really go on and on. You can really just go on and on. Now, a lot of people are really uh, polite and uh, will thank you for thanking them. So they say thank you and they go, thank you, thank you, thank you. Kelly Monteith pointed that out in the 1970s. And that's the rest of the story that goes along with this wonderful benediction. I'm putting my hands up in a blessing. It says, is that the Mr. Spock sign? No, it's a shin. That's not a shin. That's your hand. Your shin's down there. No, that's my calf. That's not a calf. A calf is a baby cow. Listen, I'm trying to bless you. Hold still. Well, I get this blessing done. So we can all eat. What you're doing now is just, you're postponing. I've got more thanks to give. I have more uh, needs to acknowledge. Thank you so much, all of you, that listen to this crazy show. And I am blessed when you get something out of it. And I'm even more blessed when you tell me. Because then I know that there's a possibility that you're getting something you don't Thank you for not being specific, because then I'll just be like, oh, I got to do that thing over and over again. You just go, generally, you've helped me. Whew, thanks. Because if you said, like, you know, Butchie just, um, you know, threatening people on the street or something is what helped me, that, that's all the show would be, maybe. So this way, oh, you bless me so much because you said, just whatever, Hardy. It's all right, whatever you got, you know, and I, that attitude is so beautiful to me. And you do have that, you say to me, um, and I'm, I feel loved so I can love. I let the love in so I can love better. That's why I'm saying this. Uh, but you say, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll say, just bring whatever you want. It doesn't have to be brilliant all the time. Just be, just be there. If you're going to invite somebody over, say, dinner every Sunday, they don't all have to be brilliant. They don't all have to be gourmet feasts. 
just knowing that you're welcome all the time, that somebody uh, needs you and appreciates you. And that's me. I'm thanking you once a week. That's what it is. And then you're, you end up thanking me for the thanks. That's why I brought up that it all comes around. Yes, I think about these things. And so you initiate something, do a song. I do a song. But my song is a thank you. It's a thank you for thinking of me. And then we're finished. It doesn't even require a thank you, but we do it again in that recursive Kelly Monteith, thank you for thanking way. And that creates a brilliant feedback loop of love and appreciation and gratitude. Oh, and I need that. I need you. I hope that you need me. It's fine to be needed. It's not a burden. It's liberating. It's what I've always searched for. It's what you've always searched for. Now you have it. You're needed. And so, you know, you want to be acknowledged for that? Just let me know and I'll say thank you. And we can get into that wonderful uh, echo chamber. I hope you're doing all right right now. I know it's a struggle. I know that at any given time, my voice reaches you and you're in, you're in pain and you're working through something. You're doing your best, but it's, it might be hard. Maybe it's always been hard. And maybe uh, this time as the weather turns, it's getting even harder. And all I can say is that, that we're holding on to you. We're holding on to you. We got you, got you, got a belt, a finger in your belt loop. And it can't stop all the storm that you're in. I can't slow it down even. But you got to know there's those behind you holding on to you with all their might because they need you and they need to thank you. And I appreciate you so much. Oh, my goodness, did you like the little songs? I got more of them. I'm thinking of making my marathon premium that this year, putting them all on a, maybe even a DVD where you can see the little clips of the shows that go along with it. Is that something that you would even do? People have players? I don't even know what year I'm in. How do people exchange information anymore? It used to be, I remember when I started at the station, we'd be sending out, well, first, just regular 8-millimeter film reels, and then sound, Super 8 sound, and then move to VHS or beta, or la then Laserdisc, and then the, we were DVDs, and then the thing which is beamed right into your brain. That's, that hasn't happened yet for you. Um, and then all that. That's all in the future. Oh, my goodness. You are... My friend, you are thankful like I am. You are needed. And you are listening to Miracle Nutrition on WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, 91.9 in Rockland County in New York City, New York, and online at WFMU.org worldwide on the International Monday's Game. Thank you for listening so much. Bless you, and I will see you again next week.
Twelve's name was Ebony. Her name was Mahogany. 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 Twelve's name was Ebony. Thank <laughs> you. 